So you slept in. Hey, we're not judging. Sometimes you just need to get those Z's. And if you need to snooze, we'd much rather you did it at home in your warm, comfortable bed than in our pews. You can always catch up with the sermon later right here on this Sunday Morning Sleep-In podcast. And you're still going to miss out on some things that we think are pretty important about getting together as a Christian community. You're going to miss out on all of those people from all of those different backgrounds and ages and stages who have all that wisdom and support and encouragement to share. You're going to miss out on some great music, and we won't be able to give you any of the sweet things that we enjoy after worship service is over, but we will give you what we can. I'm Susan Foster. And I'm Chris Marshall. And we're United Methodist Pastors in Reno, Nevada. We're not theological experts or perfect preachers. We're your average pastors, helping our congregations think through life's big questions every week. We started this podcast so if you're away from home or working or coaching your kid's soccer team or maybe just sleeping in, you can keep up with some of the ideas floating around the church. Each episode is a conversational version of a sermon we gave on Sunday. So whatever date is when you're listening, we hope that you will continue to do what you're doing and experience this with an open mind and an open heart. And a quick note, we don't really care if you agree with everything we say or not. In fact, we want you to think for yourself. We encourage you to question, to disagree, to figure out what you think, maybe to talk to somebody that you know about what you think. Our sincere hope is that you will experience the mysterious, loving force in the world we know as God moving in your life as you consider this. So it's Advent 1, Chris. It's Advent 1, Season 2 of the podcast. Season 2 of the podcast. Um, year B in the lectionary. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we changed we changed from A to B. And so we begin, and it begins again. We do. We, we start our new year a little early in the Christian church. I, I did tell my church last week that it was um, New Year's Eve, and so they, were, <laughs> they were ready for when it was New Year's Day this year. They kind of just go along with me and laugh a little bit. But Yeah, so Advent generally is uh, the Christian time of preparation before the big day. So Christmas is the big day. But we, we also do this at Easter time. We call it Lent mm-hmm. at Easter. But Advent and Lent, whenever we have a big high holy day in the Christian church, we tend to have this season of preparation, somber reflection yes. before it. Yes. And uh, one of the things that at my church that we explained was the difference between people are really upset that we have blue candles oh. instead of purple candles with a pink candle mm-hmm. for our Advent wreath, which is our way of counting down. You light mm-hmm. candles every mm-hmm. week. And uh, so we explained that blue means hope. Right. And that purple means repentance and pink means joy. So if you're doing the repentance thing, then you have a week of joy in the middle. But yep. if you're doing hope, you're, you expect that the joy is probably with you the whole time. So <laughs> so we have blue candles, but some people have purple candles to right. count down for, for yeah. Advent. So what do you guys, what is your Advent tradition? We have the purple candles and the pink candle. Okay. So we have the refillable oil ones. So, yeah, yeah. You know. Usually I try and hold back the decoration, you know, a little bit towards more towards the purple and and colors but this year i was like yeah sure let's just go let's just blow it all out with red let's have fun yeah (laughs) and and partially because the theme uh we're working on this year is come home oh okay so you wanted to feel homey so we wanted to feel homey and so we have our christmas tree with which is purple and gold and then we have a the altar is sort of like a like a mantle okay we covered it in brick paper not okay so it looks like a fireplace kind of you know it doesn't have a yeah and then we have like a like a like a crocheted 
manger scene hanging Crocheted? off the frame. Yeah, it's like some mass, mar- you know, it was something we had you know, we had around. And then a manger scene on one side and some Christmas boxes and some angels on now, the Now, do you put side. the baby Jesus in the manger yet? Baby Jesus is in the manger. Oh, okay. I, I had a friend tell me that he told the custodian to, that baby Jesus was in the manger, but she needed to take him out. And she goes, no, we can't take him out. Don't touch him. Last time we did that, we lost him and we couldn't <laughs> find him. So just leave him there. Like, leave him there. Jesus is going to be in the manger the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you know, some some years we we play with that a little bit more than we play, you know, so it's about what we're emphasizing. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So, um, so the emphasis this Advent is... Is coming is home. Coming home. That uh, we are inviting God to come home to our home, to us, to this place. And um, and what does that mean? But we begin that um, in the opening. The opening theme for is "Come Down Home." Okay. Was this the title of this 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 week's sermon? And it begins with Isaiah. Isaiah praying a prayer from Isaiah 64, verses 1 through 9. And it's this prayer where he says, you know, God, if you could just break open the heavens, Mm -hmm. if you could just come near, if you could just be here, um, if you could make your presence known, Isaiah says, and that would be really great. But I know we've been kind of jerks. (laughs) Yeah, but also... mm. Uh, Also, us humans have not been uh, what we should have been. We have not held up our end of the bargain. And so... And talking about that, you know, here's Isaiah praying this prayer that that he fervently wants. And it's like so many of our prayers. It's something we want. But that would not be very good for us. That would well, or that doesn't necessarily serve our self interest. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, because Isaiah wants God to break in and and cause this disruption. And and on our in our brains, sometimes we say, yeah, yeah, let's do that. And then we're like, oh, but that will cause me some discomfort. Mm -hmm. That will cause my life to change. And then we kind of back off. But one of the things I want to mention about this passage is that like in the second or third verse, there's this little line that says, like, the kindling makes water boil. Oh. (laughs) Isaiah is praying both for God who can rend open the heavens, but also he's also praying that there will be something set on fire that will be enough to boil water. Okay, you know, so, so he, just, so like so he doesn't want a bonfire. He wants a right, camping he wants fire. A campfire, right, but like those are two di- extremely different things. Yeah, you know, set us on fire. You know, get us going, get us moving in the right direction. But also, but also, scare the heck out of us, <laughs> or shock us, or whatever. I don't know. I feel like setting me on fire would definitely shock me. I think yeah. it's like it's like set us on fire, but just a little bit. But just a little bit. Just yeah. a just a yeah. tiny just a scotch. Yeah, just just. Just a little bit, and then we'll take it from there. Like, don't go too far, God. So Isaiah's making this really bold ask. Come down home. Come down to where we live. Experience life as we live it. Show up where we are. Partially because there's this feeling among the people that we haven't seen God. Mm. That we haven't known God. That nobody in our generation has that firsthand experience with God. Which and they're referring to as like the big miracles. The big, big miracles. The parting the of the bush, Red Sea and the burning bush, bush and the, and the right. manna raining down from heaven, heaven and, and all of that. Right. And they don't it, realize like that those things go along with times of intense suffering. suffering. God breaks in when there is lots of and lots of intense suffering. And this is post-exilic Israel. Right. So they're they're back home already. Right. They're home. They're, I mean, and, and I think part of what, what they're fighting is the, the sense that they have fallen into the comfortable nature of being at home there's that comfort and ease and the oblivious to everything else when you are at home that's like they're like the opposite of hobbits hobbits Mm -hmm. only ever want to be home right (laughs) they just want to be comfortable and you know have their family and their friends and be cool and the israelites are like 
but everything's okay now. This feels strange. Should we have? Some, can we have some more upset? Can yeah. we have some more turmoil, please? Some more turmoil, please. That seems strange to me. I think it's indicative too of back to the hobbits, right? The hobbits are at home, at home, and I think what God wants us to be is at home everywhere, everywhere, and to call home where we are with God. Not and, and for our home walls. to be home for everyone. Right. Right. So that not only do we feel at home everywhere, but anybody who comes, say, people come from another country to our country, that mm-hmm. they should feel at home too. Yeah. Isaiah makes this bold ask of this risky endeavor and acknowledges then that we as humans have not actually held up our end of the bargain mm-hmm. and, and sinned against God and one another. And I was reminded by one of the commentators about the confession before our communion liturgy. And in my congregation, we don't always do the confession. Sometimes we do it in Lent, but usually we've we've done that piece somewhere else. But at this Sunday, yeah, because actually... it's a different emphasis, right? It's, it's a like it, it it makes communion about forgiveness yes. rather than about community abundance. or abundance yeah. or grace so, or yeah. But so this Sunday we actually did the did the communion liturgy. The confession says things like, we have not loved God with our whole heart. Mm-hmm. We failed to be obedient. Um, we've not done God's will. We've rebelled against God's love, um, not loved our neighbors, and not heeded the cry of the needy. And Isaiah, that's basically what Isaiah is saying has happened, mm-hmm. right? Like that humans are being human, and um, we need to pay attention to where we're being human <laughs> sometimes um, so that we might make room for God to be able to, to enter in. And it's so funny because we're reading this Isaiah story and we read, of course, that he is thinking of Jesus, like whether he understood it as a Messiah or not, or understood it to be Jesus. We do, right? Because we have the, we have the rest of the story. Right. Well, we, and we take Jewish scripture and interpret it through our Christian lens, which is one of the kind of cool, but problematic things that we do. (laughs) Yeah. Don't claim it's somebody else's story and then tell it your way. Yeah, exactly. And we, and we can see that the risk of asking God to enter in paid off. You know, we have this story of, sure. of Jesus and teaching and healings and all of those things. Uh, we know the, you know, the, the rest of the story. And yet we still need to hear Isaiah's prayer that says, yeah. when our paths become crooked, when we think we've got it all figured out, and yet it doesn't, the world does not look the way God is calling us to create a world, then perhaps there's something more. And we do need God to enter in. As yeah. uncomfortable as that may be. Yeah, I, I described it to my congregation as most of us live pretty comfortable lives. Mm-hmm. And so we don't really think that we need God. And we, we need God. We need like God. We, need, we need to recognize why right. Jesus had to come into the world in the first place at all. Because otherwise we go off on our own and we think we've got it all down. And most of the time we don't. <laughs> yeah. The paths become crooked. The vision for the kingdom of God becomes blurry. And that, that in this season of Advent... You know, we are preparing for God to break in again with with fires that boil water (laughs) and a rendering of the distance between us and God, you know, that those things might become close. And so in Advent, we are invited to take stock of where we are, where we have sinned, where we we would prefer not to to look under, to be and to do that honestly and bravely. Yeah. Um, Ignoring pretty lights and shiny objects. And shine the light in all the corners. Shine the light in all the corners. And prepare a place in our lives for God to enter in. A deep clean. Yeah. You know, if you need if you need an analyze and a recognition of crooked paths, a confession of sins and failings, instead of covering them with tinsel and glitter. Yes. Because I think our culture, 
currently. Oh, you think? Yeah. uh, Yeah. Let's just make it all pretty and it'll be fine. Yeah. Like, can we just not pay attention to the horrible things that are happening? Can we just, can can everybody just be nice to each other? Can we just move on? Can we just move on? And and the reality is, no, that's not, you know. I also said we also need to say enough to the lies we tell ourselves and enough to the barriers that we're putting up and enough to avoiding God's call. Straighten roads make clear to ourselves our the mission and purpose of this life and of God's calling in our life. And it's not just so that we can sit on sit on Christmas Eve really calmly with our little lists all checked off because this is not the work of one season. And wait for the candlelight moment while and we're wait all for singing the candlelight silent moment. night. Isaiah's prayer becomes our prayer when we realize that Advent is necessary for the coming of Christ the first time, yeah. <laughs> you know, and every time. And every time. That the wrappings and the pretty trimmings are fun and lovely and and remind us of a vision, but they aren't the vision. Right. They aren't the thing. That is yeah. not the thing. <laughs> yes. That we celebrate. What we are what we are talking about is how does God come into this now? And of course, you know, I said, you know, look around us. The current reality, natural disasters and political... Mischief. Mischief. Okay, that's, that's, that's a, a much that's a really nicer nice way than word. what I want to say. Catastrophe. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the racism and sexism and the threat of nuclear annihilation. And this past Sunday for the Methodist Church was the, was the reminder of global migration. All of that. And all the, all the pieces, war and famine and... And drought and all of that stuff is, is a reminder to us that we are not where God would want us to be. Not everybody feels at home everywhere. And not everyone feels at home everywhere. And um, and that, that if we get distracted, there will not be home. <laughs> right. We'll destroy it for ourselves. Yeah. And for everybody else. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Yay. So super cheerful sermon for Advent. So the theme, usually the theme for the first week of Advent is hope. Right. So did you talk about where the hope is? Like, obviously, like, there's all this, we need to examine ourselves stuff. But No, I really left hope? it with the, the examine ourselves and start with us. Mm-hmm. Like, we need to be participating. And I guess there was, there's a touch of hope. I did talk about how living as ready, those who are ready for God's kingdom to come. And there's hope in that. Because mm-hmm. you can't do that <laughs> if you don't believe. That God's going to show up. That God's going to show up. We are in the midst of being a part of that. Yeah, so that's where I just kind of left it, because I, I really want people to be thinking about that, to not be... Um, to be okay with being a little uncomfortable. To be a little uncomfortable, that this isn't, like, neat and tidy, that this is a little messy, and that we're in the midst of it. So... Well, cool. There we go. Well, thank you, Susan, and thanks to you for listening to the second season Woo-hoo! of the Sunday Morning Sleep-In Podcast. If you have questions for us or stories that relate to this idea of preparing a way that we've been discussing today. You can shoot us an email. We're at sundaymorningsleepin at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Sunday Morning Sleepin. We're on all the social media platforms for podcasts. Uh, This scripture uh, for this podcast was Isaiah 64, 1 through 9. And the theme music that you're hearing right now is Take Me Higher by Jazzer. And so we leave you with a benediction, a blessing, a going forth um, at the end of every podcast. Um, And today I just want you to, you know, to go in peace and love and power in the name of our God who tears open the heavens and comes down home.